G'day, welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. I'm Graham Curry, your host from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilos or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle, and I successfully maintained that weight loss now, coming up two years. I wanted to bring this series of podcasts to you to give you an insight into what it's like to living an intermittent fasting lifestyle. I'm also the author of the book, The Fasting Highway, which is a story of my journey overcoming chronic addiction to fast food and sugar and taking that walk from morbid obesity to normality. So sit back here with us on the Fasting Highway in the next few weeks and listen to some inspiring guests and some experts in the intermittent fasting community. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the show. G'day and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast and this is episode 66. And so today I'm delighted to be joined by Vanessa Avalos. And Vanessa is 38 years old and lives in Bridgeport, Connecticut, in the United States, where she works with adults in the mental health field, which she enjoys very much. She has two young children, ages six and four, and a partner that is super supportive of her intermittent fasting lifestyle. And she's been doing IF now for coming up some two years, where she's seen some amazing weight loss and NSVs and health benefits. So here to tell us all about that today is a very inspiring Vanessa Avalos. Oh, good day, Vanessa, and welcome to the Fasting Highway. And thank you so much for joining me here today. Thank you, Graham, for having me on your show. Oh, much appreciated. So, Vanessa, for those that may not know you, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a bit of your backstory, any issues you had with weight and health and that sort of thing in your life, and how you found your pathway to intermittent fasting. Sure. Um, I wasn't always overweight or obese. Um, I believe I started becoming overweight sometime in high school, maybe junior year or senior year. Um, But I wasn't dieting or anything like that. Um, I did go to the gym. My father, um, he introduced me to, you know, um, exercise and all that. So I didn't really go that often during that time. Um, It wasn't until when I started college is when I started really packing on the pounds. Um, And then it just kind of escalated over the years. So by my mid to late 20s is when I started becoming obese. I heard about intermittent fasting um, in the year 2018. My partner's brother had come to visit our apartment and he comes all the time. And he mentioned that he and a friend of his were doing intermittent fasting. And at first I I said to myself, well, what is that? And, uh, you know, he tried to explain it to us the best that he could. But I feel like at the time he really couldn't give me a lot of information. And so at the time I felt, well, that sounds kind of dangerous. It kind of sounds like you're starving yourself. I don't know about that. Um, so I kind of brushed it off. I've had, I've dabbled with um, Atkins over the years and I've, I've done that and I, I did enjoy it, but it wasn't sustainable. Um, that was really actually the only type of diet that I ever done. Um, but it wasn't until 2000 and. No, it was 2017 where I heard about Whole30, and I actually enjoyed Whole30, um, and I learned a lot about myself. I learned about the type of foods that work well with my body and how I react to it and the foods that don't. I've done you know, several rounds of it over the years. In 2019, 
um, that whole year, I was just feeling very, very sick. I mean, I, I was suffering from allergies. I, I had uh, lots of sinus infections, respiratory infections, had acid reflux almost every night. I had nausea pretty much the same time before going to bed every night. Didn't matter what I ate. Always had that same feeling. Um, so I went to my primary care doctor. At that time, in 2019, I was 239. And he suggested that maybe I should um, see a ears, nose, and throat specialist because of I was just sick all the time. I mean, I feel like I was sick the whole year, pretty much every day the whole year. And when I went to that doctor, she felt like I might need to speak with a specialist for, um, for sleep apnea. And I went to the sleep apnea specialist and I completed a questionnaire. And with the questionnaire, it seemed, it deemed to him that I didn't suffer from sleep apnea, but I could try to find out if I did with using the machine at home. And I asked him if this was necessary. He said no. And if, you know, I could change, I could change like my diet and, and my, you know, my lifestyle. And I said, you know what, I feel like this is what I'd rather do because I really didn't want to be on a, on a CPAP machine. You know, you know what I mean? I went back home and I was searching for just something different other than Whole30 on YouTube, looking online. And on YouTube, there was a suggested video about intermittent fasting. Mind you, this is a year later after I heard about it. I hadn't heard about it in between that time. And when I saw that video, I said, oh, yeah, oh, I, I remember him saying something about it. Let me look into it. And I pretty much fell into the YouTube rabbit hole of just researching all kinds of intermittent fasting, the information, the, you know, the scientific part and the practical part. I mean, in 2019, I was 239. I'm sorry, 239. But prior to that, I'd already lost 13 pounds. So at my heaviest, I was 252. You know, he suggested, you know, changing my, you know, my, my eating habits, you know, having a better healthy lifestyle. And after that, you know, that meeting with him, um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to start today. I'm going to start today and not tomorrow, not Monday, today. I said, oh, it's like 3.40 something, 4 something. I'm going to finish by 5 because I felt like maybe this would be better for me to eat earlier than eating later because I felt like in the past I did really well eating early and that's how, it, how I got into it. Oh, that's great. So when you first came to that intimate fasting, going back to 2.19, your weight was up around the 239 when you started. Was that right? Well, just less yes. Than yes. When in, in June 2019, I was 239. Yes. Okay. So you're around for Australian listeners. You're about 108 kilos, something like that. Um, and so when you first started, you mentioned there, you sort of were tinkering with your window, trying to work out what was the best for you. And so what did you settle on doing through your early months of your fasting protocol? So I, I had decided to do um, 16-8 and I wanted to do that for a month or I wanted to do it for a whole month um, every day. Uh, I wanted to see if this, this lifestyle was going to work for me and my body and for my family, of course. I didn't want to just jump into 18-6 or 24 or OMAD because at that time I said, oh no, I, I don't think I can do OMAD. Let me do 16-8. Um, let me do nine to five. I thought that was something that would be doable for me. Five, I felt was a good time to finish my meal. And I did that every day for a whole month. 
And I thought it was great. I mean, this might not happen for everyone, but the very first day and night that I finished, that I completed my 16-8 for the very first time, I kid you not, Graham, I did not have acid reflux. It was the very first time I did not have acid reflux. I didn't even feel nauseous at night. And it just it just struck a chord with me the next morning. I said, I couldn't, I could not believe that I wasn't feeling that when I was feeling that for so long. And I said, you know what? I feel like this lifestyle is for me and I'm going to keep going at it because I feel like, you know, this is a gradual process. You know, um, this is something I can learn about, about myself. And so I did 16A for a whole, for a whole month and I loved it. Um, I, you know, I have a, a supportive family and friends, um, and everyone understood that I, I wanted to eat earlier and not later because I felt for me, it was better for me to eat earlier. Yep. And so when you kicked off with your intermittent fasting journey, Vanessa, did you get the message of the clean fast straight away? Is that something you knew about? So when I initially started, um, I didn't know about the, the clean fasting. It wasn't until two months after I started. So it was in August of 2019 when I was um, scrolling through one of the, the, the intermittent fasting support groups on Facebook. And, and it wasn't Jin's Facebook um, group. It was the intermittent fasting for women. And someone had posted um, like a picture of, you know, the, the clean fast and the maybe and the no. And it said Jin, it had Jin's picture on the bottom and her name. And when I saw that, I said, who is this Jin person? And why can't I have lemon in my water? Because I was having lemon in my water during that time. Um, I already had um, been drinking um, black coffee for about a year or two before starting intermittent fasting. So that wasn't a problem for me. Yep. And um, drinking water wasn't a problem for me either. But I thought that at that time, you know, the lemon and water, I've heard, you know, good things about it. So I was doing lemon and water. And I guess thinking about it now, I don't, I don't think it spiked my insulin at the time. But when I read that, that, you know, that chart from Jen at that time in August of 2019, I said, you know what, I, I rather do the clean fast, I want to, I want to put everything into this. I want to try to do it right for me. So I said, you know what? That's fine. I love plain water anyway. It's not a big deal. So I, I went straight to the plain water after I read that in August. Okay. So when you made that change to the clean fast and took that lemon out of your water, did you notice any differences? Not too much at the time. No, no. Because I think the whole fasting for me was, it was, it was easy for me. And I know not everyone can say that, but I feel like for me, it was, it was very easy. So I didn't feel like it, you know, spiked my insulin at the time. I didn't feel hunger pangs or anything like that. So I guess for me, it didn't, it didn't make a, a huge difference at all. Uh, okay. So you kicked off there at that 108 kilos or 239 pound mark. And then you had that first month of doing the 16 and eight, you're finding your feet with your fasting journey. Were you eating all the things, Vanessa, or were you delaying anything at the time in your eating window? During that time, when I started intermittent fasting, I, I was already doing Whole30. I, had already, I was already doing Whole30 before I started IF. So I was doing Whole30 from June to maybe September or October. Because during that time, um, I, I didn't read 
Jin's Delay Don't Deny. So during that time, I read Jin's Delay Don't Deny. And I said to myself, okay, you know, I can delay the foods that I want to eat instead of just eliminating, you know, the things that I can't, you know, on Whole30, but I'm fine with both. So that's when I started really implementing, you know, delaying the foods that I would want to eat, you know, like the pizza maybe or the burger or, you know, stuff like that. Yep. And so you mentioned there that the Whole30, excuse me, that helped you identify what your trigger foods were. And what what sort of foods were they, those triggers that were causing that weight gain for you? So the trigger foods for me um, were, there's definitely two things that I don't, that I don't consume anymore. And it's just a personal choice. I don't have soda anymore. I'm not sure what you guys call it in, you know, out there. I don't know if it's cold pop or fizzy drink. I don't know. But for me, I don't drink soda anymore. And I don't have sugar or creamer in my coffee anymore. I just prefer it black. I just love it like that. Okay. Down here, we call it soft drinks, but... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. See, every country is different, yeah. Yeah, so well, some people refer to it as sodas. You know, I do because I talk mm-hmm. to so many Americans. It's just natural for me right. to say that now. But yeah, it is called soft drinks down here. So that's really mm-hmm. interesting how you work that out. And what about weighing, Vanessa? Was that something you were doing? Is that, and when you weigh, was that helping you identify what was triggering that sort of gain and, and losses? So I would weigh myself, well, I weighed in the beginning when I started. And I decided that at that time, I wanted to weigh myself every six months. Um, I just felt like I wanted to give myself some wiggle room and, um, you know, be kind to myself. I knew that there would probably be times where I might have gained weight or maybe um, stalled, plateaued. Um, and I just felt like I didn't need to know that every week or, or, or weigh myself every month. I felt like I just wanted to give myself time to this lifestyle and just stick with it and trust in the process. So I knew I knew that I was losing weight. I knew I was losing body fat because I could tell by how I was, um, you know, measuring myself. I did measure myself. And by the way, my clothes felt and how I was feeling and seeing myself, you know, the befores, and the afters, you know, the gradual progression of it. So for me, it wasn't really that important to weigh myself every week or every month. Yeah, that's great. And I think it is important that those pictures do tell a story, don't they? And I mean, even if you're they not do. looking at a scale and when you're taking sort of selfies or you get somebody to take a full-length picture of you every week or two or a close-up of your face, and it's quite often that becomes a real motivation. Did you find that by looking at your photos? Oh yes, very much because I, I I've always been um, I've always been you know have body positivity. I've always had high self esteem, um, and I've always liked the way I've looked. Even when I was my heaviest, I, I I felt I was beautiful, and you know I never felt you know low of myself. So when I saw the gradual progression of just how my face changed, how my body changed, it was just. To me, it was like, it was a shock. I was like, wow, I just didn't realize how much of a difference, you know, it was going. Yeah, that's a great positive mindset to have about, it doesn't matter how big you are, really. I mean, you're still a person. Mm -hmm. People often say to me or they comment on my post and they say, oh, you're not the same person anymore. But I like to think I am the same person. I'm the same guy that I was when I was 367 pounds, you know. I'm I'm just Mm -hmm. smaller, that's all. And, um, you know, internally, um, I feel like I'm the same. I have the same emotions. I have the same 
you know, morals and respect and, you know, and all that sort of thing and politeness. And that hasn't changed for me. It's It's been constant. But I guess, right. you know, when people are looking at you outwardly, they see that change in you and they, they, they can't sort of comprehend that you're not the same person. And I always say to them, well, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, 350 or you're 175 pounds, you're still going to right. be the same person. You might just have a different outlook. And I see that mindset in you. And I think that's really oh, great yeah. to hear that. And um, I think you've got a really strong constitution. But Vanessa, the other thing is, let's just work through the weight loss rate. So you started there nearly two years ago now. What was the weight loss looking early on in those few months? And, and how is that going for you? So for the first few months, I, I believe I lost about 15 pounds the first month and then seven pounds the second month. And then it just gradually, I stopped weighing myself by that point. And I, I think I weighed myself maybe in December of that year when I went to the doctor. Um, and I think by that point, I wanted to weigh myself before I went to the doctor. So from June 2019 to December 2019, I had lost 42, I believe 42 pounds because my doctor was kind of shocked at, at, by how much I had changed when I had saw him the second time. But I also knew that even though with the scale, I lost 42 pounds, I could tell, you know, my, there's a lot of body composition going on. So I looked really different from when I was before. Yeah, you certainly do. You can see that in your pictures there that you sent through with your bio. But mm -hmm. also you mentioned there your doctor, the first time you were a bit reluctant to, to tell him that you, what you were going to be doing with your fasting journey. So did you discuss that with the second appointment? I sure did. So when I, you know, I had already knew that I lost 42 pounds at that time and I looked much different. And I was very excited to tell, I couldn't wait to tell him because I knew he was going to, you know, ask me, you know, what do you do? So I'm sitting there in the doctor's office and he's looking at my chart. He goes, oh, yeah, I see, you know, there's been some changes and you lost, you know, a good amount of weight. And he turned around and he goes, okay, so tell me, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, oh, are you ready for me to tell you? He goes, yep. I said, all right. So I explained to him about intermittent fasting, that I was doing that for that X amount of time. And to my shock, he asked me, oh, okay, well, what's your eating window? So I was like, in my head, I said, wow, he, he must have some type of knowledge because obviously he's asking me, what's my eating window? So at that time in December, I was already doing OMED by that point because I had gradually, you know, from 16 aid for that first month, and so on and so on. I just gradually, you know, graduated from, from 16 to 18 to 20 in OMAD. So by that point, I was an OMAD. I explained to him my OMAD, what, I, what I've been eating at that time, you know, also doing some exercise and my blood work was great. And he said, you know what? I cannot knock, knock, knock you for doing what you're doing when everything's going so well for you right now. He's like, you know what? Keep it up and I'll see you in another six months. And that was the end of that. So when I left that office, I was just extremely happy that I, not only that I had family and friends that were supportive, I also had my primary care doctor being supportive of my lifestyle. Yeah, isn't that great? And um, I had a similar experience, oh, yeah. actually. Um, I was a surgeon. I was having a minor operation. And I mentioned the fact that I was an intermittent faster. And straight away, he said, same thing. What's your eating window? And um, he said, I, I fast myself. And then the nurse standing That's next awesome. to him. Yeah, and then the nurse standing next to him, she said, well, most of the nurses on night shift here, they fast as well. 
So it is no. becoming more known, and I don't think people get that shock horror anymore as they might have done three or four years ago where you got mm-hmm. that, oh, you're starving yourself and all that sort of business. What about support for you, Vanessa? You mentioned you had a very loving family there and they're very supportive of your journey. Uh, does your husband fast or, or, or anybody in your family? My partner, well, at first, when I first started, I told him about the fasting and I said, listen, babe, you know, I'm going to start eating, you know, early now. I'm not going to be eating dinner with you late um, anymore when he comes home from work because him and his family, they own a family restaurant. So he comes home late and I wanted to eat with him late at night. And when I explained to him, this is what I wanted to do. You know, he was very super supportive. And I said, well, would you like to try it with me? He goes, eh, no, this is for you. You know, you do you, you do yourself. I'm like, okay. I guess one night I was listening to a, a, an, an intermittent fasting story from Jen's pon- podcast um, on the couch. And it was a little bit late at night and I fell asleep, but it was still playing in the background. And the next morning he comes to me, he goes, listen, babe, uh, I know you fell asleep and I heard your fasting, this fasting story and it just seemed pretty good. I think I might want to do it. I'm like, Oh, that's great. Good. Okay. So he ended up joining it with me. And like the guy, like most guys do, you know, they're able to, you know, cut out some little things that they want to do and they're able to lose weight a little bit faster than women. And I'm fine with that. I, you know, that's fine. And um, he lost about 30 pounds or 35 pounds. And I think he was probably the smallest he's ever been in his whole life. So um, he felt like he didn't want to do OMAD anymore. So right now he's just maintaining and he's been doing good with it. You know, as fully committed as I am right now, but he's he's been maintaining pretty well with it. Oh, good on him. So you mentioned OMAD there and a lot of people, they get confused about OMAD. And some people think it's just a one plate of food a day or whatever. So for me, OMAD was that restaurant-style OMAD where I'd open with a snack and then I'd have a main meal a bit later, then a dessert. Was that your sort of style of OMAD as well? I think for me in the beginning, um, it was really just the one meal. I didn't put the restriction of doing 23 in one, like the one meal in one hour. Um, I probably did OMAD within like a two-hour eating window because I would eat at work. So I would have some time to finish off that meal. But I think the, you know, now I've, I've graduated to the restaurant style, like maybe have like a, a small little appetizer, the main meal, and maybe a dessert, you know, but there are days when I just want that one meal and I'm good. And there are other days that I might want the restaurant style type of one meal. Yeah. And I think it's quite amazing, isn't it? That our bodies don't need as much food as what we think does to sustain. I mean, we've been bored up all our life, you know, three meals a day, snacks, Oh, yeah. constantly eating, all that sort of thing. You know, you have to keep your strength up, all those sorts of funny mantras that have been drummed into oh, us yes. our whole life. But I find some days I need more food than others. And recently I just did a 65-kilometer hike. And um, wow. I found on that four-day hike that I really had to eat a lot more, and purely just to, you know, because I did need that sort of food for that, for that hike. And I did a lot of it fasted as well, which was great. But, yeah, there are some days. And did you ever have days, Vanessa, in your fasting journey where you just thought, uh, you know what, I'm just going to have a day off today? No, I, I actually, for me, this is this is a lifestyle. This is, I, I, I always put it like this to people. I says, well, this is something that I do. This is part of my life. This is my everyday life to help me live, to make me feel better. Um, it's just like breathing. Am I going to stop breathing for the day? no, I'm not going to stop breathing for the day because I die, <laughs> you know? So no, I've never felt like I needed a, a day off. I just, I've, I've made, 
uh, intermittent fasting easier on my life because that's that's what it's meant to be. It's supposed to be easier on our lives. It's not meant to be, you know, uh, so hard or, you know, such a chore. It's not meant to be that way. So, you know, I make it easy for me every day. Maybe there are days where I, I can't have an OMAD meal. Um, I might do two meals. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm able to switch it off when I need to. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I feel great about it. Yeah, and I think that's your mindset coming through again there. And um, you're just treating it as a lifestyle as it should be. And you're making it simple. And because it is simple, and so many people overcomplicate intermittent fasting these days. And we know that there's all Thank different, you. you know, wonderful sort of protocols people do, and no judgment here. Everyone's got to find their sort right. of um, their stretch. But what about extended fasting? Did you ever dabble in any of that? I wanted to try it out. Not because I needed to, to have more weight loss, but because I just wanted to see how it how it was going to be for me. So I wanted to do a form of uh, what was it? Was it was it a four three or no? It was a five two. So like a five eating days and two fasting days. So I didn't want to do the what they call the modified fasting day. I feel like eating five hundred calories on your on your down days just felt like a tease. I, I just feel like. I cannot do that. I, I just can't. So um, I would just do the complete fast. So when I would do that fast, I would I would finish eating by Sunday and I would open up on Tuesday and I would do a 42 hour fast. And I enjoyed the fasting, the the, uh, the down day. Like I enjoyed the, you know, that down day of not eating and I just have a lot of energy. I'm able to do more things. But for some reason, when I'd have the update, it was really, really tough for me to to put in two meals because it is important to have that read feed day. Um, so an OMAD meal wouldn't be too good to do after a 42-hour fast. So I don't do it that often anymore. I mean, I was doing it for maybe a few weeks to try to get adjusted to it, but I felt like it was a little bit hard for me to do the update. I'm, you know, so... I went back. I, I went back to OMAD because I enjoy having the old man meal during the day, and if I feel like I need to do a forty-two hour fast or even a thirty-six hour fast, I can do it. I just won't do it too often. I won't do it too often. Actually, yesterday I did a, a thirty. Was it yesterday? Yeah, I did a thirty-hour fast yesterday because I just felt I was fine for the day. I was I was good for the day. I wasn't aiming for a thirty-hour fast. Because I usually aim for twenty-hour fast. Yeah, so you're probably a bit like me that you do like to eat once a day. I do, and um, yeah. I think you know most people that do intermittent fasting probably in agreement with that. And if anybody wants to know about alternate day fasting, um, they can listen to episode six of this podcast with Rachel Awad. Uh, Rachel gives a fantastic explanation of the right and wrong reasons to do ADF. We also had Roxy Marino on, who you probably know. Um, from yes, Jim's Facebook mm-hmm. group with the Mealless Monday. So Roxy gave a fantastic explanation as well. So there's two people right. here you can go and take a listen to. Right. So, I do enjoy the Mealless Mondays. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about exercise for a minute, Vanessa. What was that like prior to IF for you and what's that like now? So I've always had a gym membership um, since in my late teens, but I wasn't consistent with going to the gym. Um, but I enjoy doing exercise. I just wasn't being consistent with it. Um, when I, I did Atkins, uh, probably 
in my late 20s and I was exercising at that time and I did really well with it. But then I fell off the Atkins at the time and from exercising. So I wasn't going at all. Um, so it, it was just like a fluctuation, like, you know, some months I would go to the gym, but then I wouldn't go for many, many months, you know. But when I started intermittent fasting, for some reason, exercising felt more enjoyable and it felt easier. It didn't feel like a chore for me. So I felt like intermittent fasting helped me with that. And I enjoy doing it more now. Yeah. And I think that's a byproduct of getting that weight off, isn't it? And, um, you oh, know, because yeah. let's face it, when we're heavy, we don't want to exercise. I mean, I know I didn't. When, when I was obese, you know, 160 kilos, 357 pounds, I didn't want to run around the streets. I had no, no inclination to get off the couch right. basically, but and then when I found I lost 100 pounds and I found that I could actually move and I started enjoying it and then I found out that I could actually run, that was one of the best days yeah, of my yeah. life that I thought, wow, I can actually run now. And um, and then I got sort of, you know, into rowing and swimming and, you know, and all sorts of things. And I, really? I just think these are a combination of what opens up in our life once we get this this weight off our bodies. But speaking of which as well, I wanted to talk to you about my favorite topic now when I talk to people. That's the non-scale victories and also the health benefits that have come your way. Uh, just run us few, through a few of those. Sure. So some of the non-scale victories that I've experienced, like I said earlier um, in the interview, um, I no longer suffer from acid reflux. I can't even remember the last time I, ha I had acid reflux. I don't have nausea at night anymore. Um, the inflammation on my right ankle is gone. There's no pain in my ankle anymore. I used to have pain on my right shoulder and that's gone too. Um, I was a notorious snorer. I mean, just, you can hear the snore through the walls. I mean, that's how loud it was. Looked into, um, alternate day fasting. Another one is that I don't suffer from sinus infections anymore. When I was having it all the time, I even had laryngitis twice and I felt like I couldn't talk for most of the year because of those two times. I don't have that anymore. Allergies are pretty non-existent. I'm able to exercise better. I have more endurance with that. I can run up a flight of stairs without huffing and puffing at the top of the stairs, which is great. Um, I've lost more than 20 inches off my body. And that's wonderful too. Um, I've gone down from a size 18, 16 in pants, extra larges, one X's to, you know, I can wear a 12 very comfortably or a tight 10. And I just feel better overall, really. Um, I, I, I actually very lucky. I've never had any pre-existing conditions before. Um, even when I was at my heaviest at 252, I didn't have, um, I wasn't pre-diabetic. I didn't have high cholesterol or high blood pressure. I didn't, I was very lucky I didn't have any of that. But I also knew that because of that weight, all that body fat that I had on me and the family history of diseases running in my family, I wanted to prevent that too. You know, I didn't want to develop diabetes or um, high blood pressure or um, high cholesterol that, you know, my mother and father, you know, suffer from right now because all my non-scale victories that I got going on. That's fantastic. Yeah, great. And I think that was your husband cheering in the background about the snoring. But um, I know <laughs> I know my wife was the same. Like she said to me, you never snore now. She said, it's really weird. She said, when you were heavy, 
she said, you used to snore and the whole bed would rattle. And she said, now oh you're, just, you're yeah. just so peaceful and you just lie there so quietly. And I know when I used to wake up in the mornings when I was obese, I, I had arthritis in my fingers. So I could hardly open my yeah. hands, and especially in the winter. It was really tough going. And now all that's gone. And, and you know, people have heard me talk about many times in this podcast a number of, um, you know, NSVs for me, like my psoriasis going, all those sorts of things. So it's not just all about the weight loss, is it, Vanessa? No, it's not. No, it's not. And that's why I feel like it's important for for people to understand that it's not just about the weight. It's also the internal healing and and how you feel afterwards and your blood work and all that. I feel like that's also I feel like the health the health aspect is way more important than what the number says on the scale. Yeah, hundred percent true. I mean, if you're feeling really well within yourself, you know, it, that doesn't matter to a point as long as you're within a sort of reasonably healthy range. And speaking of which, two years, you've lost quite a bit of weight. What's your total weight loss up to now since you started, Vanessa? Um, since, since I started intermittent fasting, almost 70 pounds. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So 70 pounds, you're looking at about 32 kilos, something like that. That's amazing. And um, you can really see that in your pictures too. So where are you looking to settle? Have you got any idea? Have you been thinking about maintenance at all? You're just going to wait till you get there. Um, you know, when I, when I started, um, the IF journey, I really didn't have, um, I really didn't have a goal in mind, uh, in terms of like a, a number on the scale. I just didn't feel like that was important at the time, but I remember wearing a size 12 years ago and I liked the way I felt at a size 12 and how I looked at a size 12. So, and that's where I'm at right now. Um, and I think for now I'm in maintenance mode, but I mean, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. So, I mean, if I lose, you know, more body fat over time and my body, you know, changes over time, I'm fine with that. And if it doesn't, I'm I'm also very happy with where I am right now, too. Yeah, that's great. And you've got to be comfortable in your own skin. And I think, too, with mm-hmm. maintenance is definitely a different mindset to losing the weight. And like you said, it becomes a lifestyle. And as you touched on earlier, you know, part of your day doesn't change. You don't have those days off because it's part of your life. I mean, you wake up in the morning, it's like brushing your teeth or putting on your clothes and going to work. Exactly. You know, you do that every day. I don't even think about it like that. Yeah, I don't even think about my fast anymore. It's just I wake up and I fast to a certain point in time in the day, might be five o'clock during the week. And on the weekends, it's a bit wider because, you know, I do a 16 and eight on the weekends so I can go and have brunch with my wife. And and I just think, oh, well, I eat after 12 o'clock on Saturday and Sunday and um, Monday to Friday, I eat after five o'clock and then I eat till I'm satisfied and stopped. So when you are like losing the weight and you're getting through your intermittent fasting protocol, some people have that appetite correction come pretty early. When did appetite correction come for you? I think it happened during the second month of when I started because at that time I had just finished the full month of doing 16-8 and then when I did I did, so the second month of when I started, I did 16-8 Monday through Friday, and then I did 18-6 on the weekend just to to get that smooth transition to see how I would feel. And I started noticing the appetite correction with that. And I says, well, you know, I, I was doing good with the 18-6. Let me do 18-6 the second week from Monday through Friday and maybe do 24 that weekend. So I started noticing it was getting better over time with that. 
Yeah, and there's two types of hunger, isn't there? There's that head hunger and then there's that belly hunger. Just explain that to people, Vanessa, those two types of hunger. The belly hunger for me is when I'm – I can tell when I'm really, really hungry, especially when I've, you know, drank a lot of water during the day or I'll have, um, you know, I love decaf black coffee. I'm fine with caffeine, but I love decaf black coffee. But when I, I know when I'm very extremely hungry, then I can eat. I, not just because, oh, it's my eating, my, my eating window just started right now. I have to eat right now. No, I will wait till when I'm actually really, really hungry to eat. Yeah, and that's a good point because we have to listen to our body sometimes. I know I've had those days where, you know, you have that mental hunger where it's, oh, man, I'm really hungry. You walk past the bakery or something, and it's just like, you know, right. that's that mental. You have a big drink of water. You go and do something, keep active, and it just sort of passes. But when you get that lurking around, that real not feeling that great, you know, you you, mm-hmm. you, you know your body's just not right. Well, some days you just have to listen to that, and I think they are the two types of hunger that we talk about. But if it's just that mental hunger, have a big glass of water, get distracted, go and ring a friend, do something. Right. I'm sorry. So that, yeah, so that type of hunger is just, it comes in waves. And that's why you say you keep busy, you drink water until you really, really are hungry. Yeah, exactly right. So speaking of friends and that, Vanessa, I mean, obviously you guys have been in a tough situation here in the States with COVID, been in lockdown and that sort of thing. You've lost 70 pounds. So you have so much fun to look forward to when you start traveling again and seeing extended family and colleagues. What's that going to be like for you? When I, If I'm going to visit family, which I will probably this summer, um, I'm going to still fast every day. I'm just going to probably have a longer eating window so I can enjoy it with family and friends. And I'm fine with that. It's not a problem for me to do that. Um, during the whole pandemic that we had in 2020, um, when the everything was pretty much closed and locked down, the gym wasn't open. so. I decided to just, you know, walk around the property and I was actually shocked that I lost one pound in, in the month. And I was like, wow, you know, and cause I had, I didn't change my eating habits just because, you know, this is what we were going through at the time. I didn't veer off from my path, you know, and I know because of, you know, the pandemic, you know, it, it causes a lot of stress, anxiety and a lot of people and people stress can stress eat, you know, or, or whatever, but I didn't. So I just kept my fasting journey the same yeah. for me. So so now that everything's opening up and it's getting a little bit better, um, you know, like you said, traveling, you know, meeting with friends and family and all that, I'm still going to fast as normally as I do. If I'm going to have an OMED meal when I'm seeing family overseas or something like that, I will, but I probably won't. I'll probably have a, a six or eight hour eating window, which I'm fine with. Yeah, and it's going to be fun things like getting onto an aircraft and sitting down in the aircraft seat. 70 pounds is a lot of weight, and you're going to notice a huge difference oh, and yeah. control what yeah. we can control, can't we? Exactly, and and that's what I was thinking, you know, in 2020. I'm like, you know, this is happening right now, but I can control what I'm doing with my life right now as best I can, and that's what I was doing. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we touched on mindset earlier, and we know how important that is in an intermittent fasting journey, Vanessa. And I sense that you have a really strong mindset. What sort of things do you sort of think about? You talked about that self-love and thinking about yourself in a positive way. And I think that's so important for people, isn't it? Unless you have love for yourself, it's hard to give that love out to everybody else. And also in the bio, we heard that you had two small children there. 
Um, how does that go with yeah. your fasting journey when you're preparing meals for them? Is that hard as a mom? No, actually, um, it, it wasn't. I I know when I started, like the first week or two, I was I was cutting a, a cutting a, a grape in half for my son because he goes to preschool. Automatically, in my brain, I wanted to I put half of one in my mouth, and I was supposed to be fasting. And then when I realized what I did, I said, "Oh, <laughs> you know, I <laughs> I spit it out." But um, after that, I had I never did it again. Um, I was just more conscious about it. My kids, you know, even though they're small, they understand that mommy feels better when she eats earlier in the day when she's at work, but on weekends, you know, mommy will have her, you know, her brunch and her dinner with her babies. And they believe it or not, they both understand that it's something that they never questioned. You know, they didn't think it was weird or anything like that. They, they understand that. And it's, it's, it's normal for them to see mommy like that. Yeah, and I think that's great. You know, kids do understand more than what we probably think as well. And and they're they're a creature of habit, children. They just get used to things. They're probably just used to you doing that. But I think that's awesome. But So let's talk now about some advice for people out there, um, Vanessa, that are sitting there. They're at their wit's end with their weight. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to look. Give them some advice and some words of motivation to get them started. Funny that you say that because I – did that with my older sister today. I explained to her that, well, some of the advice that I would give to others is that this journey, IF is an amazing journey and everyone's journey is different. Everyone loses weight differently. Everyone fasts differently. And everyone's non-scale victories regarding health or anything else is different from everyone else. So it's important that if this is the journey that you're going to start, you know, start it with an open mind, open heart, and be open to the changes that's going to happen with IF. I feel like very, very important things to do when you're starting IF is definitely drink, drink water. Drinking lots and lots of water every day is super important. Having that clean fast can, it can be important for people. Like I said before in the past, you know, with the lemon water, I felt like it wasn't a difference, but it, you know what, I, it doesn't matter because the clean fast I feel is just amazing anyway. So a clean fast is super important. In people's minds, a 16 hour fast is just too hard to comprehend. But I try to say, well, most of it is, is when you're sleeping and you're not eating when you're sleeping. So, you know, that makes it a little bit easier for people to, to want to start it. So I feel like at least fasting for 16 hours to get your body getting used to it is super important. So drinking lots and lots of water is super important. Having a clean fast is super important. And at least fast for 16 hours. Try not to go into it too fast where you want to do 18 right away or or 20 20 hours fasting or even OMAD because not everyone can do that. I feel like gradually graduating from 16-8 to the different types of fasting protocol is probably the best bet for a lot of people. So they wouldn't be too discouraged. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I always say to people, one clean fast a day, one worthy window. And by a worthy window, my window has to be worthy. Otherwise, it doesn't fly. It's just how I roll. I mean, I've got to that point now in my journey. 
if I'm going to eat once a day, it's got to count. And did you find over your journey, Vanessa, that your your taste changed at all and you started gravitating towards that high quality food or, or you were pretty much? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> I started noticing that um, the the Chinese, you know, fast food that I would love or the takeaways or whatever people call it, um, it didn't taste the same. I used to love like the different types of fast fast Chinese food that I would love, but for some reason, it didn't taste right anymore. Even just, you know, pizza pizza shops that would sell like the cheese pizzas and all that, it didn't taste right. So when I would find, I would find better quality Chinese food or better quality pizza or better quality burgers and burgers and fries. If I'm gonna have those type of meals, it ha- it has to be window worthy window worthy type of food like that because I don't eat fast food that often but if I'm gonna have that one meal and it's gonna be fast food it has to be window worthy because I do enjoy some some fast food I do enjoy some you know uh, some fried foods or you know pizza and all that but I also enjoy having my salads I also enjoy having my baked chicken or baked fish or shrimp or steak I don't eat steak too often but I do enjoy it once in a while and I also know what's wonder worthy for that too. So yes, I mean my tastes have changed dramatically with that. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Vanessa, I can't tell you. I could sit here all day and talk to you. I find you very engaging and I, I think you have such a great mindset. Oh, and I you. hope you go on and, and share your journey with people. Have you got any plans to maybe do that and get a little group going or get some people involved or share what you've been going through? I can't ever shut up about Intermittent fasting, because I could talk about it all day to everybody. I mean, I could all day, every day. Um, But I've had, you know, you know, gotten some people in my at my workplace to try it out and do it. I've had some family members that are doing it and and family members from my partner side do it. Um, My father, actually, he's in his 60s. And now he's been he's been doing OMAD for some time, which he never thought he could do, you know, and um he, he loves it. And his primary care doctor is on board with him right now as well. So um, I never thought about doing a group though. I mean, I might, that'd be interesting to do. Maybe to start out with family and friends and join, and we can talk about, you know, our journeys and how we're doing and sharing our non-scale victories and all that. It might be, you never know. You never know where you might end up, Vanessa. And I think we're going to hear more of you, That's but right. Vanessa, thank you for joining me here on the Fasting Highway today. Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Me thank too. you. Thanks. Oh, thank you so much, Vanessa. I think that was a great testament to an intermittent fasting lifestyle and the longevity that you've had there with coming up nearly two years at 70 pounds of weight loss. Just fantastic. And all those NSVs and health benefits. And for me, your mindset really shone through there and very powerful. Anyway, I just wanted to thank everybody also for buying my book, The Fasting Highway, on Amazon and both paperback and Kindle. Uh, Thank you so much. It means a lot and it goes a long way to help supporting this podcast to bring it to you twice a week commercial free. So thank you for that. Uh, Also, just a big shout out to members of my Facebook group. Uh, Thank you. Uh, We've surged past the 2,000 member mark in the past couple of weeks and we're growing rapidly. So if you're on Facebook, come and join us there at the Fasting Highway Facebook group. Uh, Anyway, until next week, be well, be safe. And remember, clean fasting is everlasting. Thank you.